Hey, K-First, welcome to another week of our series called Her Voice, where we are celebrating the voice of women in the kingdom of God and celebrating their role, celebrating their calling. And I thought what would be a fascinating conversation is that actually to sit with uh, a no number of young women that are just training in the ministry, training at North Point Bible College, where we've got an amazing, amazing connection, and thought we would invite them in and have a simple conversation just about what the call of God means in their life, what does the kingdom look like for them, maybe some challenges that they feel, um, and just maybe the significance of mentors in their lives. So I just wanna introduce these ladies, and uh, let's start off with a very simple kind of question, and I've given you guys a few questions to think about, and one of them was a scripture that is just very, very significant to you. So if we could start down here and work our way down. <laughs> We've got a little buddy down here, that's all good. Um, let's start working our way down. Introduce yourselves, your city, and just maybe a scripture that's just very significant to you. Yeah. My name is AJ Rosevear, and I'm from Canton. Um, a scripture that's really significant to me is 1 John 4, 8. It, just the second half of it, actually. Literally just God is love. That verse has, God just spoken to me through it time and time again and really impacted me. My name is Hope Bungard. I'm from Grand Rapids, Michigan. And one of my favorite verses is, um, many are the plans in man's heart, but the will of the Lord prevails. It's a really awesome one. Yeah. My name is Danielle. Um, right now I'm serving in Flint. I'm from Grand Rapids, but serving in Flint. And um, mine would just have to be the virtuous woman. But because more recently I actually dove into like what it really means for me. So nice. I'm Rachel, and I currently live in Edmore, Michigan. Uh, it's up by Mount Pleasant. No one ever knows where it's at. That's fine. Um, <laughs> and um, a scripture that's important to me is Matthew 6, 25, I think, through 31. And it's just followed me through my life um, that God's going to take care of me and everyone, no matter what. I'm Lindsay Vanek. I'm from Grand Rapids-ish area. Um, a scripture that really stands out to me just in every season of life is Isaiah 43, 19. Um, something along the lines of, behold, I'm doing a new thing. Don't you perceive it? Um, I'm making rivers in a wasteland. And so I just have seen God in every season of my life just be very transformative and always bringing me to glory, from glory to glory. And I think it's just very applicable anytime. Yeah. I am Carissa Wygant, and that's so... The recently married. Yeah. I recently married. Many of you might know me as Carissa Brightup, but I just uh, was recently married. I'm from the Kalamazoo uh, area, and a scripture or a passage that has been significant in my life is Luke 38 through 42, and it's the story of Mary and Martha. And for so long in my life, I read that as I should be more of a Mary and less of a Martha, and really through studying it, I've realized that Jesus didn't condemn Martha for who she was. Mm -hmm. He was just inviting her to more of him. And so as I've um, reframed that story with what Jesus really wanted, it's been super informative in my life. Let me ask you a question that I didn't even send you. So we're gonna start off with something okay. that I'm just gonna blindside you. Um, what do you feel is maybe the biggest challenge that you face and I guess it's kind of connected to a question I asked you. Um, as a, a female, thinking about ministry, the kingdom of God, what do you think are some of the top challenges that you just feel automatically when you think about 
your role or maybe how you grew up viewing women in ministry, women's role in the church, the kingdom, what are some immediate challenges that you feel that is you're ready to face, you're going to face, you know, what, what is just kind of lingering there that maybe we don't understand or talk about enough in the church? Okay, I'll start. Um, the first thing that comes to mind is like the limits that are placed on women and like the boundaries. Like if you are a woman going into ministry, that means you're either going to be like a worship pastor or like the children's director. Um, Not a children's pastor, but a director. Yeah, Okay. yeah. Um, so I, I don't know. I, I think the biggest thing is like not having the freedom to go beyond those boundaries, mm. I would say. Yeah. No, I would. Yeah, I would definitely agree is having the limit of like, oh, you're doing like, are you doing women's or children's? And it's like, yeah. no, like, or nursery. Yeah, or, or nursery. nursery. Like, or nursery. no, um, I want to do something like a preacher. Yeah, or, yeah, yeah. And so I just think like that automatically just comes to my mind of like being put in a box of, oh, which one? Yeah. Like, mm -hmm. there's only a few you can yeah. choose from. So pick, pick wisely. Yeah. So. Or, um, the like asking like what is your husband doing like so your husband is the pastor and then you are the like bonus support person oh you just made a face on that so, one <laughs> no but <laughs> just because so my husband is a youth pastor and yes. it's just very interesting that like I just felt like it was a little easier for him to already get that label and yeah. I just laughed like no offense I love my church but I automatically got the children's directors yeah and so it's again like I love my church like but it's just what you know it's interesting that automatically yeah. here and I mean part of that is probably because like women are really good at being nurturing and good with kids and stuff so like I get it but yeah be born Anybody else, challenges that you kind of see on the horizon or challenges that you feel are just kind of lingering there? Anybody else? I mean, even outside of the church, like I work at a gas station and people have known that I'm going to school, but they eventually at some point ask for what? And I'm like, oh, I'm going to be like um, uh, pastoral leadership or worship leader or just in ministry. And they're like, oh, really? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I am. <laughs> I'm not making it up. And so, um, I don't know. The church might have um, had something to do with, like, even people that don't go to church being like, really? Like, you? So, I don't know. Do you guys, fa do you guys feel that pressure? That, you, you, that automatically, because of your gender, that you can't? Or that you're not supposed to? I would say big time. Okay. Um, I probably, at least once a month in my life, I'm asked about my view of women in ministry, and even from people who know that I'm going mm -hmm. to be in ministry. Um, I think a lot of idea, at least for me personally, is that I'm not the most naturally sweet or like, like I, 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 I think she's like, hey. <laughs> but like, that's not, I'm not. I don't know. I'm more ambitious. I'm more like, go get it. I'm more like, will it to happen type of person. And so yeah. I think when someone meets me like that, they're a little like, whoa, like, are you, are you sure? Like, are you in this place? Can you do that? Whereas like, if a man were to come with my same personality of go get her, go get it, go figure it out. They'd be like, yes, lead us. 
Whereas I think sometimes women are supposed to be met more with the front of like, oh, I have to know that you're, you're caring and that you're kind first before you can lead mm. me, which I think is valid. Like I do want to know that my leader cares for me and like values me and stuff. But yeah. um, I th just think that there's a difference and there's a tension there. So if I, if I hear what you're saying, you feel like it's okay for you to be in ministry as long as you wear a certain mold or you, you stick into a certain genre of, of personality or attitude or something. Like you can't be forthright, you have to be meek, mm -hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah, no, okay. totally. That is okay. where I'm coming from, wow. yeah. yeah. I find it interesting too, people are like, well, what does your husband think about it? Yes. Oh. Yes. <laughs> well, he's wise, so he supports me. But, you know, it's just interesting that, like, people, that's also a question of, like, well, what does your husband think? Or, like, you know, I, I, I mean, if you ask the question later, I have more to it. But, like, it's just kind of like, well, why? I mean, we're in a team together, so he supports me. But why is that your question, I guess, right away? Because yeah. what I hear is, do you have your husband's permission? That, yeah. That's what I hear. Yes. I'll, say, I'll say it for you guys. <laughs> do you, did your husband know you're doing this? Right. <laughs> wow. And I think to go back to the question of something that I think we face is if we do have these ambitions of preaching on like a regular basis it's that there's this inherent belief that we don't respect the men that are already in that position and that we want to take it from them with like an anger and it's not that at all it's just saying like there's room for us too so like let us be there and i'm not trying to step on your toes i don't want to take like take from you but i want to add to this conversation and for i think every single one of us here on the couch it's not taking away it's adding to the conversation but wanting the same level of respect that men receive that i feel like women get challenged on i love how you said that we're not here trying to take away we're trying to add two. And I think you hit a, like a nerve that probably some people are feeling right now watching it because, well, they, whatever the they is, I hate that. <laughs> they are only doing it because, oh, the, here's, here's a pet peeve of Pastor Dave's, because men have not stepped up. Mm. Or <laughs> because they've got certain permission. I think I might have hit a nerve over there. <laughs> and it's, it's the, people just don't understand. Nobody's trying to overthrow anybody. Because number one, it's not our throne as men. Right. It's, it's his throne. Yeah. Yeah. And we together are the body of Christ. The two, in, in Genesis, the two became one. It's not one and, and, and plus. It was one. Mm -hmm. That's huge. Yeah. Wow, that's awesome. Anybody else? Thoughts on that? Thoughts about things that you feel like you're facing right now? Or you have faced, or maybe something that you've actually worked through just as a female in the kingdom of God? And we'll insert cricket noises for that moment. Right. <laughs> uh, let me ask this, because um, I asked you about maybe some mentors in your life, people that you really looked up. Um, who are some of the mentors that really kind of built up this idea of your calling, what you can do? There are certain individuals in my life that some of which will never realize propelled me into saying, I could do something. Who um, are they? So... Four years ago, I was deciding if I was going to jump into North Point, and um, I was just kind of working on my piano craft with Brad Killian, and um, I was super insecure, and I just remember saying, like, I don't know if I'm good enough, mm -hmm. and 
part of it was just like me as a human, like I don't know if I'm good enough to even like jump into that ministry thing. <laughs> and um, he just looked at me confused, like, why would you even say that? Yeah. And um, that helped a lot. And I think it's more than just me. I think it is like just me as a woman. Like, I don't know if I'm capable because of the way things have been. Yeah. But yeah. he was very helpful that day anyway. I remember the, I heard you preach a year ago in your class. Oh yeah. I remember that and you were so timid and that my biggest thing was, girl, you've got it, let it loose. Because, <laughs> but I, I will tell you that, that has not always been the voice of ministers to specifically females and young females at that. It's, you know, to take it and stay meek, stay in this mold. And I, in, in my opinion, because that's easier to control. And that's just, it's just a control thing. So you were gonna say something. Yeah, um, I think, so in middle school, I had a really great mentor and she like poured into me a ton, really like I credit a lot of who I am today because of her. But then she got married and moved away and I never really like, saw her after that. And so there weren't a ton of like female leaders in ministry at the time. And so I got really close with my youth pastor, Pastor Scott Lorraine over at the shores on the oh, east I love side. Scott. He's like my hero, oh my goodness. Like I seriously would not be where I am at all without him. Like and him and like Pastor Brian from North Point, there's been so many role models that have influenced me. And honestly, the vast majority of them have been male. And, and I think a part of that is because there's just more males in ministry. And so that's just natural and that's totally fine. But I think another part of it is like what I'm realizing is like, if I'm a woman in ministry and I wanna help other women rise up in ministry, like we need to be mentoring them. Because like, I didn't really have a ton of female mentors and like, we need that. And so if you're a woman in ministry or all of us, like it goes for us, like we need to be thinking about like, okay, who can we pour into to make sure that like, we're not just like, oh, this is my show of like, this is my ministry, but like as the kingdom of God, like how can we mentor others to do that? Because um, I, th I just think it's super important. And like I said, I wouldn't be who I am today without those people in my life, so. We need to let her preach. She's on fire over there. <laughs> <laughs> so we need to let you preach. You're on fire over there. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Um, for me, I would say this past year, Erin um, Colago, yes. like she, she is the bomb.com. She's a professor at our school, but she's like, a cool cat. she's such a cool cat. And um, I think for me, what has, I've had mentors before and it didn't end, like it wasn't right. Um, I left hurt from the mentorship. And so it was taken me a long time to like yeah. reach out and ask someone to mentor me. And I asked Erin and she's literally the bee's knees. Like she's straight up. She's so encouraging and she like walks the walk. Like she doesn't just, and so just to see her being a mom and a wife and a mentor and talking to like anybody has just been so uplifting to see and to have someone that I can go to or that checks on me and isn't looking for anything out of it other than to just walk alongside me. She's been absolute amazing. Nice. Yeah, I can add to that. This is going to turn into the Erin Colago hype show. But, <laughs> um, she, yeah, she is my person. She is my hero. She is all the above. And I was sitting in a class with her freshman year. She's my professor. She was new. I was sitting right next to Carissa. 
And she just kept on kind of gravitating toward us, like in breaks and stuff. She'd be like, just like, hey, what's going on? (laughs) And so we would just like get closer and closer. But like the closer I got to her, the more I saw who I wanted to be. Oh, nice. And so I was like, she is wild. She's brave. She's courageous. She is everything that I envision a woman of God to be. I need some of that in my life. Mm -hmm. And just walking through like the the deserts of life recently, she has just been there every step of the way. I remember last summer I texted her and I was like, can I meet with you weekly? Like, I will come help you like wrangle your kids, do your dishes. Like, I just want to be with you. Mm -hmm. Um, And so just having her around has been amazing. But also this lady to my left here, Carissa, um, she has been a rock through it all. Like you guys at K-First truly have the best, like Carissa Weigand. I almost said brain up, how dare I? Um, <laughs> but um, she has been with me through every single step of the way as well. And I think that surrounding yourself with strong women, even if you're not intentionally being like, you are my mentor yeah. of just someone like, you have something that I need, so therefore I need to hang around you. That's good. Yeah. yeah. So good. Can I add too? Is that okay? Yeah, that's fine. Okay. Go for it. Um, So I've had a couple different mentors and not all of them have been like leaders in ministry, but the thing that was always like stood out to me is they fully embrace like who they are and where they're at. And they're really faithful with whatever season that in they're in. And like, that has always been something that I've really wanted in my life. So I've just gravitated towards those types of people and, um, yeah, so I mean, it could be like a, a woman in ministry, but it, like, it could be a mom or yeah. like, it could be any, any woman doing anything as long as they're just really being faithful with it. Like, you can always learn something from someone. Yeah, and to kind of piggyback off of that, and like AJ kind of brought it up, there aren't very many females. Like there are some, Mm -hmm. but there aren't very many. So something in my life, um, one of my mentors told me like, if you want someone to invest in you, you need to seek them out. So I, from the time that he told me that, I just was like, that's really good. So when I'm facing a, a challenge in my life and it's about parenting. Like I'm going to seek out my mom or I'm going to seek out a mom that I know. Um, not that I'm a parent though. That's, <laughs> you might have to cut that part off. I'm not a parent. But, um, <laughs> but if I'm, you know, if I'm seeking out something um, or I need wisdom on speaking, like, of course, I'm going to look at the people in my life and I'm going to look and I'm going to say to myself, like, who's the expert in here? Who can I learn from? And then I'm going to seek them out and ask them, can I learn this from you? Can I, can I have an hour of your time? I'll buy your coffee. And that's kind of how I've gained a lot of mentors in my life. And some of my best mentors have been the people that I really just do life with. And I just, they've been consistent and they've been faithful. Um, And I just want to give a shout out to Edith Perry because she's been a mentor in my life. And she, all she did is she showed up every Wednesday for an hour when I was in Missionettes. And still to this, you know, to this day on Sundays, we see each other, we give each other a hug. And it may not seem all that extravagant, but it's so meaningful. I mean, I talk about Edith like I could plant at her seat right over here because <laughs> Edith will not sit anywhere else. But something that, I, that I'm so proud of all of you is the way you described a mentor. I don't think any one of you said a mentor came to find me. 
you guys went after them or you, or you viewed them uh, and you were searching not like to be, someone has to seek me out to train me because I believe that Timothy's find Paul's. Paul's don't find Timothy's. And it's something that I deal with. When I deal with uh, mentoring situations, I always tell people just be in the room. Just be in the room to wash dishes, to watch kids, to do whatever. But the goal is just to be in the room with somebody. And I'm proud that's like, I didn't think that was going to come out, but I just heard that from all of you is I just, I spent time with my youth pastor. I spent time with this lady, uh, this person that showed up an hour before. And, and I love the fact that even brought up that just because I may be on this trajectory for ministry, it's not just ministry people that affected my life. Um, I, I think of even when I, I talk to people about speaking, some of the greatest influences in me when it comes to speaking is comedians. Yeah. Jim Gaffigan has taught me how to tell a story. All right. Uh, there's just certain individuals. I just love listening because comedians are some of the best speakers. They have to feel the audience, know the audience. They're bombing. They got to twist things and turn things toward a different direction. Um, and so I, I love that as just the way you've, you've viewed mentors, um, the way you viewed people in your lives. And I would just continue to say, don't stop it. And I don't know who brought it up. It was one of the two of you brought up that this is the generation I'm expecting to actually give us the solid female mentors because you, you haven't had a ton of them out in the world because the ministry has been majority, uh, just majority of them are men. And we, I believe at North Point, when I look at the ladies at North Point Bible College, I'm excited for the future because I'm like, we have, we have mentors right now that are ready to set the pace and to pick up a mantle that not a lot of people have picked up yet. And I think that's tremendous, whether it's full-time ministry, vocational ministry, uh, or wherever God would use you, that's, I'm excited and I'm, I'm proud of you guys for that. So that's, I think, absolutely tremendous. Let me get to my next, because people keep texting me and that's where all my questions are at right now. Um, maybe kind of veering off of just a gender, but we can add that in here. What is maybe some of the the biggest misunderstandings regarding your generation. And we could even add in females of your generation. Feel free to go with that as well. But maybe what are some of the biggest misunderstandings? Because quite often as a pastor, um, I get the feeling like it's young versus old sometimes. Yeah. Like when it comes to, if I make a change, um, pastor, did you do this because you're trying to get rid of the older people? That like the very first time that happened to me was I changed the offering bags to buckets. And all I wanted to do was have a faster way for people to take the offering. That's all my motivation. And I got notes that said, you're trying to get rid of the old people from the offering bags going away. But in the kingdom, it seems like we can have this division over just misunderstandings. And so when, if I were to simply say, what is maybe some of the bigger misunderstandings about your generation and, and or females of, the, of your generation, what would you say are some of the biggest faux pas or misunderstandings that maybe older generations might have with you? Um, I feel like I can, I can tackle for like our generation is that we're unwilling to have conversations about uh, hard topics. Mm. Um, I feel like a lot of times conversations are approached with an older individual and a younger one with the older one having this mindset of you're wrong, I'm right, let's have this conversation so you can come to my belief. And I just know with conversations that I've had with some of these people on the, on these couches is just like that, that just turns us off. Like we don't want to have a conversation when you're telling us that 
we're, we're dumb, we're naive, we're not, we're not educated enough to have these conversations that we don't know, we're too young to have these thoughts and opinions. It's like, no, we have them, and if you hear our sides, like maybe you can understand where we're coming from, and I can hear where you're coming from, so that we can you know, either agree to disagree in kindness and in love, or maybe we can work on you know, having more of those conversations to better, but I feel like there's not that heart of, let's just talk so that we can hear each other and understand each other. It's from a way um, of like, yeah, you're wrong, I'm right, be like me. And we're like, uh, are you, are you right? <laughs> like we're kind of questioning that, um, but we don't want to be like disrespectful. Yeah. Um, it's yeah. so good. I would say like that disrespect, like because our opinion is different, we're being disrespectful mm. versus like, no, we just, we, we've seen what you do and we learned about like gratitude. Like we are appreciative of like the things that you've done, but we just see it differently. Like this is how we are handling things now, not out of disrespect, but out of, you know, it's good for there, there to be change and for yeah. us to have different opinions on different things. It would be so boring if it was all the same. And I don't think that's how God works. It's in, and it's just like, how can we be told to like go out and try new things and do different, but again, like always with the exception or like, except don't do this or here, you know, you can do go out and venture out, but like stay within this, you know, of how much we want you to, mm -hmm. to go out and try different things. Or um, there's just like a limit that's put on that. So good. I think there's also a lot of attention, uh, a lot of tension within the generations because there's a fear of the older generation losing control. Mm -hmm. And what I mean by that is that they feel like when they're passing on their legacy or they're passing on their hard work of what they did, that they don't know if they can totally trust us to keep it going mm -hmm. or keep it healthy or keep it moving in a direction that they want it to go. And so I think that there, there may be a lack of trust perhaps yeah. there, um, but I mean, that's, that's not a blanket statement by any means. Um, but I think it's a conversation worth having. Yeah. Um, I also, yeah, I don't know. I think, I think I'd like to hear the rest of what you guys have to say because I might take it in a different direction. So. <laughs> <laughs> Let me ask you this with what you just said. Is it, is it just a lack of trust that you think between the generations because there's a lack of connection or is it because maybe even adding into what Carissa kind of brought up is that, that they view your generation as not like you guys don't want to have the conversation mm. from, from our perspective. Like I want to have the talk, but, but I don't know, but you're, you're not going to listen to everything that I have to say. And I don't think that's you guys mean whatsoever. You want conversation. Yeah, no, I think that's, those are really good questions. Um, I think it's probably a mix of both. Okay. It's a, a bit of, I don't know if they're going to hear me or if I want to hear them. Um, I think it also might just be, we're very different people in the way that we think. I feel like the generation before us is very black and white in their thinking, whereas our generation is very gray. And we like to look at everything from every perspective and know everyone's angles and, and how everyone else is thinking before we move forward. Um, so I think that there might just be some miscommunication. Honestly. That's a huge part of your generation. Yeah. Is you start at gray because you want to hear every, see every mm -hmm. side of it. And I know that Gen Xers, we think differently, boomers and such. And I, I believe many, and you guys can correct me, I think have interpreted your generation as they have no standards because they don't see black and white the way I see black and white. Instead of truly stepping in your shoes saying, 
wait a minute, they want to know what's, what's right or wrong or whatever, but they actually want to, ex- like, not necessarily experience it, but they want to see every side of it so they can own. Mm-hmm. Is, that, is that accurate? Yeah. yeah, I would say very much so. Okay. I think, too, with this type of question, like, there's always going to be that tension between, like, younger and older generations, but if we could frame it around there's always room at the table for everybody and for everyone's opinion and just kind of take like I don't know like a posture of peace and letting there be security to discuss with disagreements and like having different opinions and like not everyone's going to agree with everything and I think those are the moments where we need to have those hard conversations because you learn so much more from someone who has a different opinion um, so if we can like frame it around like that piece, like we're not trying to like push anyone out. There is room at the table. Like that would completely change just how those conversations happen. I feel like they would go a lot better. I think kind of off of that, Hope. Um, first of all, I love old people. So if you're old, I love you. Let's hang out. <laughs> um, also with that, I think a lot of times the older and younger generation, we tend to think that our personal convictions are like gospel truth and we hold on to things, whether it's older, it's like, okay, like you have to maybe dress a certain way or or maybe conform to certain expectations or standards that you were raised with. And, And there's nothing wrong with that. And maybe for the younger generation, there's these convictions of we need to be accepting of people that are not like us and of different communities. And and, and I think as soon as either generation holds to that conviction stronger than they hold to the gospel and the gospel truth of, you know, like Jesus died for us all the same and like, let's just be a family and hang out and talk like you guys were saying, like, I think that's when the separation kind of happens and the disunity. And so I think for me, like, I love hanging out with people who are older than me. Um, because it is, it's awesome to be able to see different views, and, and I think it's important like, to be able to just sit at a table and say, hey, we don't agree, but that's okay. Like, we love each other, and we're on the same team. I'll say, as an Xer, I don't know if I've met a millennial or Z that does not want to ever sit at the table with, a, with an older generation. I don't think I've met a single person both in the two generations after me that says, I don't want to hear from the older generation. I would say that I have talked with plenty of people from older generations that says they want nothing to do with us and they won't listen. And I find it wild that that connection isn't made or that uh, perspective isn't there because I think if, if I could just take the boomers and the extras aside and say, listen, they, they want, they desperately want relationship. The, these young ladies want mentors, but mentorship is more than, let me come in and rule your life and just tell you everything. Mentorship, I think, Lindsay, you brought it up, is somebody that comes close. And uh, in fact, in staff meeting, we talked about, uh, I think it's uh, when Jesus talks about, come everybody who's, who's weary and heavy laden, I will give you rest. The message translation says, uh, Jesus says, walk with me, work with me, watch how I do it. Uh, let me come be with you and actually be in relationship here, not so I can order your life, but there could be actual beautiful influence. Because to me, the reason why I like hanging out with you guys is I want to be influenced. I want to learn. I want to grow. And at 44, 
I begin to say, I can get stuck in my ways and the ways that I'm thinking. And I need people who are on the cusp of what is, what is God doing now? What are you guys learning now? And, you know, maybe if you could say, what is one thing you would ask of an older generation right now? What is, if you had every Xer and Boomer, older generations in front of you, and you had one thing you can ask of them? I would, would say, like, don't be afraid to get close to the younger generation, kind of like going off what you're saying, like, don't be afraid to be rejected by us because odds are that we're going to accept you and that we're not going to reject you. So good. I'd say maybe like, listen, kind of how you're saying of like, we're all coming together, but, and they don't think we want to be a part of the table, but it's also like, listen, when you do invite us to have those conversations, like give us time too to also speak and and be heard i think that's yeah like listen to understand don't just listen so you can respond mm-hmm. like listen to so understand good. what we're saying yeah because yeah. I, I and i think that is actually a misnomer what the older generations is that you guys don't listen to understand but you're actually pros at it your generation rocks at listening because you want to understand every perspective and and let me just say this for people listening that when this generation asks questions that's not because they want to do it <laughs> they ask a question about something it's not they're not looking for permission to do it they just want to understand the why behind the issue at hand yes we are all about the why behind it like if you tell us to do something like we'll probably do it but we want to know why it's important like you have to explain <laughs> What's going on and like I'm behind still it? Learning. Yeah. I'm still yeah. learning that. Believe me. I'm an extra. I'm like, just let's just we just do it. <laughs> it's not like a why like disrespect, like why are you telling you know, you're you're not the boss of me, like why are you telling it's just like why? Like right. why? I just wanna know Yeah, because I wanna understand. Yeah. yeah. Oh, you told me the why I'm gonna give my best when I do it for you. Yeah. You know? Yeah. My husband is eight years older than me and I drive him nuts. He's like, Can you just can we just do it, please? Like what why do you need to know why? Just do it. <laughs> like, I'm like, I just, I, I don't know. I just need to. I'm sorry. But um, <laughs> other than that, funny little blib. Um, don't be, don't be threatened by our why. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're not trying to be threatening. We're not like saying why to to push you and like get you away and like end the conversation. We just, we just want to know, and we want to understand more fully than like, mom, I told you to do it, so do it. You're, yes, you're older and we respect you. You're, you're not mom, <laughs> you're not dad. And so, and we're not just like a little child that you have to make do. And if we're gonna take over and be here and be where you're at one day when you're gone, then then we have to know how to lead well and we have to learn and you can't just push it down like that. That's so good. And to kind of continue on, I think if you share the story on how you got to like the thing that you're asking of us, if you give us your backstory, that kind of gives us a frame of where you've come from. So if you're holding to a very strong view and you don't understand why we might not have the same view, well, if you share that it was from, you know, a past event in your life or a past hurt or something, that automatically gives us the context of, 
oh, I can see where you're coming from, and then I can have compassion, and I don't have to feel like I'm on the defense for how I believe. But so as you have those conversations and you share and then listen to our stories and how we got to where we're at, then it would help in the process of these conversations happening and being effective for the kingdom. Outstanding. And I think on the reverse side, on us, we can't stay in the gray. We have to move to a stance in certain things. And I I think that it's comfortable to stay in gray Mm -hmm. and just say, oh, I'm just, I'm just figuring it out. Well, at some point you have to stop figuring it out. (laughs) And, um, I think the older generation can help us do that, but they can do it more gently than just listen. Let me ask one last question here. I know we've just got a couple minutes left. If you were to have a group of, of girls here that young teens, maybe, uh, maybe kids in kids' church, because we're not having kids' church right now, so they may be watching with their parents, what would you speak into them? Because right now you are role models right now. You are mentors in front of them you have said yes to the lord in whatever direction that looks like what would you say if you were sitting with a group of of girls right now um, in terms of them their obedience of following out the holy spirit um, then pursuing the call of god on their life when i say call it doesn't always mean ministry what would you say to girls right now um yeah (laughs) well after i cry a little bit Um, I would look at them only because I would want someone to, I would have wanted someone to say this to me. I would have wanted someone to say, if you're with Jesus, you cannot lose. And I just would want someone to say that to me every day for the rest of my life because Jesus only walks towards victory. He only moves towards victory. So as long as you're heading that way, you cannot lose. And I'm reminded of, um, something in Genesis saying, remember Lot's wife. And so when they were leaving Sodom and Gomorrah, you know, the town was being destroyed. Lot's wife flipped around. She looked back. And that didn't end up so well for her. And so I think that that we're asked to remember what we're leaving so God can say, I'm moving you forward. You better prove. I don't know if we can follow that. (laughs) Don't drop the mic. I won't drop the mic. I won't drop the mic. Just just do it and be brave and be confident. And I think the best, one of the many best things <laughs> that I learned from North Point um, and JP is just, you're gonna mess up mm. and that's okay. And we need to be given room to mess up. Yeah. And so we need a place for that, but, but just do it and be brave and push forward and don't let your calling get drowned in the voices, yeah. get drowned in the voices. And like you're important and you're of value and you're worthy, but it's because you're a child of God yeah. and that's all that matters. <laughs> like yeah. that you're a child of God and um, yeah, we're gonna be here to back you up. Mm-hmm. So good. I think I would just say like you are loved, flaws and all. Like God is love, there is no other source that you can find the love and fulfillment that you can in Christ. And when you just obey him, whatever that looks like, no matter how scary it might feel, like you will have the best life that you can possibly imagine if you just 
day by day, say, okay, God, what do you want me to do today? Just live that every day. Let that be your prayer. And um, God will take you on some crazy adventures. Uh, I would say that God has a purpose for you, and he has a calling on your life, whether that is in um, vocational ministry or not. He has a purpose, and that he has created you for that purpose. So whatever um, your personality is, it doesn't have to look like someone else's. Mm -hmm. You can have the big feelings. You can be a crier. You can be a joyous laughter. You can feel super uncomfortable with something like death and like laugh, and that's gonna be okay because it's who you are, and you are perfect for that position. And then I guess I would say, um, be bold, be bold in whatever you're feeling called to do and to help continue to be bold, get yourself a group. Um, I would say of other females, like it's great to have all types of friends, but my group of friends that I have that are females there, we are building each other up and we are bold. And I think I wish I would have had that um way sooner than i did but i'm so thankful that i'm able to be bold because of the people that i surround myself with Mm -hmm. okay two two quick things the first one is just be yourself i know that sounds super cliche but it's so true though um and then the second one is don't just ask God to bless what you've decided to do. Like really allow him into your life to guide you and to lead you because that's what he's there for. And your life is gonna be so much better the sooner you figure that out. Just, yeah, do that. So good. Yes. Amen. This, I honestly, I could have, I could spend another 30, 40 minutes doing this here because there's so much richness that's, that's here. And it is my prayer that we would see a new generation of women rise up into the kingdom that would see not a kingdom that has caution tape put across it because of their gender, but that we would just see that caution tape removed and just see the kingdom is for all of us to enter into, that we are all we're made in the image of God. The Imago Day has just been a word that's just been just beating in my heart over the past couple of weeks. Yeah. And I want every I want every child in this church to feel that they are not in some, like inferior to anybody based on their age or their gender, that they are a valid key piece of the kingdom of God. And so as we just kind of bring this thing to a close, uh, I would just ask parents that are watching this that you would have these these conversations with your children, and uh, especially because of this series, have it with your daughters and, and breathe life into them and just get kids from the beginning stages of them listening and understanding to get them to pray and to simply say, God, what would you have me do? Not based upon what society has told me that I can do, but because you told me I can do something. And and to me, if, if you, if you have an incorrect view of, of, of women in ministry, you need to reread the entire New Testament. Um, I, and I start at the first proclaimers of the resurrection of Jesus. While the men were hiding, guess who was right there to check to take care of Jesus? So we need to see just a fresh generation of women rise up and to be a voice in the kingdom of God. So I'm going to ask for one of our own. I'm going to ask for Carissa. Would you just pray over this message, over this time here, and just ask for God's blessings to be upon not just this group, but upon the, the young ladies at K-First, the, the children, the girls of K-First. Because I, I said 11 years ago, I think it was my first Sunday, that I wanted to be a ascending church. 
our church had a reputation for years as a sending church. And, and I think that time kind of was dampened a bit. And I just, I've been praying God continue to send out people. And specifically my prayer this series is let's send out some women. We world changers, church planners, teachers, engineers, psychologists, uh, lead pastors, whatever it would be, Lord, just send out women ready to be obedient to the voice of the Spirit of God. Would you close us in prayer? Dear Lord Jesus, I just thank you um, that we were able to have this conversation today, God, and I thank you for each and every one of my friends on this couch, Lord, and the other amazing women that are in our network, God, that you are raising up, Lord, and I just ask that you bless each and every one of them in their lives, God. And as I think of K First, my church, God, and I just pray over the young women that we are raising up, God, whether they're just being born now or through Kids Church or into the youth ministry. Lord, I just pray blessings upon them. Lord Jesus, help them to find you first and then find who they are in you, God. Lord, and just raise up the people, this church family, K-First family, to surround them with grace and love and um, a joy in their hearts to cheer them on and to champion them for the things that you have for them to do, God. We love you and we praise you and it's in your name we pray.